Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Bree. And with us today, we have the wonderful author McKenna Lee. Welcome to the podcast, ma'am. Can you introduce yourself? Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. My name's McKenna Lee, and I am a romance author and um, ready to answer some questions. (laughs) Yeah, we're, we're ready to ask. We have so much. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so thank you for joining us and congratulations on your newest release in the Kia family. Do you do anything you. fun to celebrate your release dates? Well, so far, all of my books have released during the pandemic. <laughs> so that's kind of a damper on any big celebrations. Um, but this one, I will probably be a small family gathering to celebrate in the Kia family. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm still waiting to kind of start my traditions when the world kind of reopens. <laughs> <laughs> that is so interesting. Yeah. So I didn't really have that, the first author, you know, first book signings or anything. I didn't really get to do those. Aw. <laughs> so easy to forget that, like, your last book was the holiday book. Like Christmas seems like it was years ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. Like right. it was during the pandemic. Oh my gosh, what is time at this point? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are always fascinated to learn how romance readers and writers found their way to the romance genre. What is your romance origin story? Well, looking back, I should have known in high school that I was meant to be a romance writer because I remember writing, we had to write a play. And mine was a romance and everyone laughed at me. I just, I remember that. And I just have always, any story in my head has always been, you know, a a rom turned out to be a romance and those were the books Mm -hmm. I picked up. So I probably should have started much sooner than in my forties, but. (laughs) That's okay. It gives some of us hope. (laughs) So I did start this career later in life, but probably that's what was meant to be anyways. Yeah. Were you reading romance back then or, or when did you start reading romance? Um, that was probably more towards college. Okay. I was pretty busy throughout high school with sports and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it was later. And then especially once I had children and, um, you know, I just started picking up those books as an escape. Um, On your website, you write that you had all these story ideas, but it was your husband who asked uh, when you were actually going to begin writing them down. So kudos to him. Can you take us through the journey from the moment of encouragement from your husband to becoming published? Oh, sure. So he noticed me always reading. And then I mentioned one day that I had all these stories in my head, just wishing they could be told. And he simply said, well, why aren't you writing them down so I can retire early? (laughs) So of course I laughed and said, don't hold your breath there. But then it got me thinking, well, why can't I do it? Because that's, I asked him, I said, I don't know how to do that. He said, why not? Mm -hmm. And so that really, why couldn't I try? So I went out and bought a laptop the next day (laughs) and started writing with really knowing nothing about the writing process, but I joined uh, Romance Writers of America and my local chapter. 
and started doing online classes and workshops and reading tons of craft books on writing. And I just kind of started teaching myself and met some other writers and joined critique groups. And then once I had something written that I thought might be worth seeing, I started entering it in a contest that would provide feedback. And okay. once I, then once I started getting finaling in a few contests, I, you know, I, that, that kind of spurred me on to keep going. Mm-hmm. He's always, my husband's always been very supportive the, the whole time and telling me I can do it. And I did. That's awesome. That's great yeah. to have that encouragement. I yes, love that it really started sure. with like, like, why couldn't I, why couldn't I try? You know, it, it really started with, well, why, why not? You know? And then I think it is just so inspiring to hear, like, I wanted to do this and then I had to figure out how to do it. I mean, that's just what it, I think is romance readers, right? Sarah, correct me mm-hmm. if, if I'm, if I'm wrong, like we, as readers, I think we always have like 10 stories in our head, but that doesn't mean that you're a writer. Like you have to work at it, right? You have to like learn the craft. I'm sure for yes. some people it just comes very easy, but I mean, every time I finish reading a romance novel, I'm like, how did they make that work? Like, how did they do that? <laughs> right. Well, I, my, the first book I wrote was published uh, um, Entangled Publishing. And that book was probably rewritten about six times. So I I kind of learned on that book and, you know, just went back to editing and redoing and changing. And so now now the process for me is much easier than that first time because Mm -hmm. I know where I want to go. I know kind of what I'm doing. I'm sure I'll keep learning every single day and every book. Well, it's almost like being a parent, right? You learn a little bit more with each child. <laughs> yes. Yes. And of course, I've already so you said looked that back you... at, my, at my first book and have been like, oh, I should have done this different. No, that could have been better. And <laughs> So I probably shouldn't go back and read my own books. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you said you rewrote it six times, is that like you in conversation with an editor that's like, hey, fix this? Like, are you literally having to reread it every time and just like you're recognizing like, okay, this doesn't go well with this or this doesn't make sense? Like, you know, what's that process like of like revising it that many times? Well, the first few times it was on my own, just after contest feedback and things like that. Or I would learn something and realize I needed to add more conflict or something of that sort. Um, But then a few of them were with an editor and that, Mm -hmm. you know, they would read it, give me notes and feedback and I would make the changes. And so I think the last two changes were once I was with an editor. How would you describe the Harlequin special edition series to someone who has never read the series before? And what was it about that series that was the right fit for your stories? I would say it's um, heartfelt, like small town, hometown, family, babies, kids, real life conflict and uh, heroes and heroines that are relatable, real life people, Um, you know, firefighters, cowboys, things like that. And I just, the way, 
I write and the things I write just fit in that category. It's just, that's the type of stories I write. So it would it fit might fit me perfectly, I think. It feels like special edition is, is like, like a reflection of real life, you know, whereas like presents you, it's real life, but a little bit more fantasy. Special edition so far from what I've read, I haven't read a ton, but it feels like a real reflection of like, everyday Mm -hmm. life which which I think is like I I'm really enjoying that (laughs) I I know sometimes you want to escape from reality but I I think there's just something really nice about you know that reflection of it agreed and the small town atmosphere of a lot of them is is fantastic and I think just the reader then can see themselves in that Mm -hmm. situation even though it's still an escape but it's more relatable, you know, than some of the stories that are fabulous, but, you know, that go around the globe and are billionaires. And those are yes. fun escapes. But it's harder to see yourself, I think, in that situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I will think- say, I think billionaire romances are very sexy, but <laughs> oh, yeah, cowboys definitely. will always be. Oh, cowboys <laughs> have my heart. <laughs> I love yes. me. I think it's because like my grand, my grandfather was a like the, he was such a country boy and he just never ever grew out of it. And so I just love a man that goes outside and works with his hands. And like, to me, <laughs> that will always be my, my catnip. I just, I love it. You know, it just, I love it. <laughs> so yeah, I love seeing those. <laughs> I, I grew up in a very, very small town in central Texas on a farm. So Um, that's kind of, you know, to me, that's what I know. (laughs) So it's easiest to write mm -hmm. what you know. (laughs) Well, for sure. For sure. Um, You write that you also enjoy attending Renaissance festivals and studying herbal medicine, which I think is just so cool. Um, Which, uh, yeah, which we absolutely find fascinating. First, how did you become a fan of Renaissance festivals? And secondly, how do you become inspired to, uh, how did you become inspired to begin studying herbal medicine? And will we see any of that in future books? Uh, that's very possible. <laughs> I, my mom Yay. took me to Renaissance festivals when I was, you know, a young child. So it, to me, it was make believe and fantasy seeing, you know, people mm-hmm. dressed in costumes. So I think I fell in love with it early on as a child and uh, we mm-hmm. still go as a family today. And it's just kind of, kind of like reading a novel. It's an escape from mm-hmm. everyday life. And as far as the herbal medicine, um, I was always fascinated by it. And I think what really spurred me on to start learning about it was the Outlander books. Oh, and yes. So, you know, Claire and her journey and learning about yes. plant medicine. So that <clears throat> was where I got really the idea to actually do it. And then I was lucky to have someone here in my town who teaches that. So I started taking classes and, and had lots of fun with it. So yes, I think some of that will might start appearing in some of the books. (laughs) Oh, that's exciting. Um, Your son Lee has down syndrome and you've said that he was the inspiration for the book, the sheriff's star in that book. Hannah also has down syndrome um, as such, you were able to relate to Tess being a mother of a special needs child. Did that make the book easier or more difficult to write? 
I would say some of both. Um, easier because but my son, who's now 24, so it's been a while since he was a toddler, <laughs> but I was able Aww. to think back on, you know, the way he would act, the things he would do, um, mm-hmm. kind of to use, you know, even looking back at old photographs. And then mm-hmm. I, the difficult part, I think, was reliving some of the emotional things, but I think that helped me put more emotion and depth into the story because mm-hmm. I could really relate to it. And like some of the scenes that one that made people cry is based on a real story in the playing in the park. So yes. that was a, a true story that, you know, at the time broke my heart. I won't give away any spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> So I would say some days it was easy to write and other days it was difficult. Well, I have to say that I appreciate and I just love and have so much respect for what you're doing because my my oldest, my daughter, she's 12. She has an an intellectual disability. So the R word that I cringe at how often we used to like throw Mm -hmm. that around back in the day. Um, And it as a mom, it's it's tough, you know. There's it, especially with her getting older. I'm like, is this just you being 12, or like, am I missing something? And I think about how long it took for me to find out that's what we were living with, and how you know, just kind of hard I could have, you know, I, I've I've been on her in the mm-hmm. past before. I knew like. You know, it's like, why don't you understand? Why is this so difficult? And me being frustrated, and her being frustrated, and it's just, it's a lot of like trial and error, but, you know, and just, you know, just having, like, I'm her biggest cheerleader now that we have, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I know what this is. And I just love that reflection that we're getting from you of like motherhood. Like this is reality for some people. And like, I think we're seeing a lot more inclusion in stories, which is amazing. Absolutely. Um, I'm just, I'm loving from your book specifically, like seeing it in like ref- what motherhood is like with that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, I wanted to start bringing some of that into stories and letting people know it is part of everyday life and there's mm-hmm. more people than you realize dealing with yeah. things like that. Like with my oh, yeah. son, we were able to know from the moment he was born, we didn't know ahead of time. Um like mm-hmm. the mother in the story we didn't know till he was born but we knew then what we would face and Mm -hmm. like you said Mm -hmm. some people it takes time to find out what's different and why and it is a journey and you learn every day (laughs) (laughs) I know in that book especially um I don't think this is too much of a spoiler but um little um Hannah has to have surgery heart surgery um And I am a, I have congenital heart disease. So I've had three open heart surgeries as a baby. So I could read it now from my mother's eyes, what my mother went through. Do you know what I mean? To to understand what she dealt with, how hard that probably was for her to deal with a child with that. Right. So yeah, I just, I think there's so many different, even if you don't, even if you're not the parent of a special needs child, you probably know someone who is, or there's, Something in that story, everybody can, I think, kind of relate to at least one of the characters or something that they're going through, which is what I think made it spectacular. 
Yes, I, I hope so. I hope people can relate and sympathize. My son actually did oh. have heart surgery when he was six hmm. months old. Oh, my and, goodness. And uh, yes, yep. unfortunately, we're looking at a second one coming up in the somewhat oh. near future. So, which almost will yeah. be a little it's... bit more difficult for me because I was about he's to aware ask of which yeah. what's happening this time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the my first daughter. time you didn't know, you're just doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I had my daughter, I had her seven weeks early. So she was a preemie. And um, about three weeks after I had her, they, I, I got a call in the middle of the night. She was in the NICU and they're like, you have to get here. And like that phone call that like no mom wants, like you have to get to the hospital. And so I get there and they're like, we're going to transfer. At the time I was stationed out in, um, in Georgia. So that we're going to take her to Macon, Georgia to the hospital there. And her intestines were starting to die. So, um, you know, there was just like all these surgeries and stuff that she had then that luckily we took care of. And she is old. If she was so young, she doesn't remember. I mean, she sees it physically mm -hmm. now from scars and stuff, but they had an appointment like a month ago. And it was the first time my son who I had after her heard all of her medical stuff. And he was like really overwhelmed. Like, I didn't know, you know, that she had all of this. So now that we're kind of like just checking up to make sure now that she's getting older, is there anything that we need to do? And, you know, yeah. it's, it's like, it's a little bit different because I mean, now she's aware, she's aware, my boys are aware and like yes. everybody's kind of on edge. Whereas like mm -hmm. back then it was just me and her and <laughs> it's a little bit easier to deal with. You did what you had to do essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, each each oh, point of the journey has its different, you know, issues yep. and different challenges, and have to yep. learn to roll with it best you can. And it's not yeah, always easy, exactly. <laughs> no, and with something cardiac, it's lifelong, and I'm sure you know that too, yes. right? It's it's yes. not anything that's cured. It's not anything that's, you know, stuff crops up in my 20s. The arrhythmia started for me. I've had several procedures for that. And, you know, you think you're coasting along just fine and then something crops up and you're like, oh, gosh, darn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not this again. Yes. <laughs> you know, but that's OK. You know, I think that um, you got to have you got to take it with a grain of salt and you got to be able to laugh about it. Not laugh like it's funny, but right. Appreciate right. that. You know what I'm saying? And that's the, that's the attitude that I have personally. And I think that that fares well for a lot of people with that kind of an attitude. Just roll with the punches. Yes. Yeah. You have to have that attitude or it's even mm -hmm. so much more difficult. Oh, absolutely. Um, in the Kia family is the second book in the Oak Hollow series. And we see there will be a third book, A Child's Christmas Wish releasing later this year. Yay, Christmas books. Uh, <laughs> did you know when you started the first book that it would be a series? And will the series wrap up with three or will there be or will there be more? Uh, when I started writing it, I had no idea it would be a series. I didn't even have an agent yet or a contract or anything. Um, so when I finally got an agent and she started shopping the book around, and it found a home, that's when it became a series. And I was really happy about that because I fell in love with the town I created and the characters. Mm -hmm. And I was happy to see that people wanted to hear stories like this. I can't say anything official yet, 
but there is discussion that this will not be the last in the series. Yay! Well, fingers crossed, three more coming. So I'm happy to to keep writing in the world of Ocalo. (laughs) It's a great little town. (laughs) Can you explain, like, what's the process of finding an agent like? Uh, Well, my story kind of started with, there was RWA, Romance Writers of America, used to have a contest called the Golden Heart, and it was for unpublished writers. And I was a finalist in in that contest. And because of that, I had some interest and was able to get my first book published at Entangled. And shortly after I got the contract with them, I then got an agent, I think two weeks later. And then she um, helped me get the Harlequin contract for A Sheriff's mm-hmm. Star and my story about the little girl with Down syndrome. So really it was just kind of, it, it happened rapidly. You know, one thing led to the next, to the next. Yeah. So, you know, someone said, I think this agent will like your voice, like your books. We sent her something and luckily she did and she's fabulous. And <laughs> So had you read, because I'm always fascinated, like, had you read Harlequin before? Because you said your first book was with Entangled. If I was a new author and I had never read Harlequin and then I kind of learned okay well it has to like there are some restrictions that you won't see with other publishers like not and like not restrictions in a bad way but like hey these this series specifically is no more than like 250 pages or this one is usually the word count is this that would be so intimidating for me I'd be up for the challenge but I also know like I can be a little bit wordy and I don't know if I can do it so <laughs> did you I mean because you you did all of this learning and craft you know you really were you know you started with that why can't I do this and then you really worked at it but then I feel like I would then have to now figure out okay well now how do I write to this so did was that easy for you like transitioning into Harlequin? It really wasn't that difficult. And I had read Harlequin books a lot before Mm -hmm. I even started writing. So I kind of knew what to expect there. Um, It's almost easier for me to write the, the length of the Harlequin books, the category books, because when I first sold um, uh, her second chance cowboy to entangled it wasn't long mm-hmm. enough. So I had to, that's oh, where some okay. of the rewrites oh, came in because okay. I needed to, to add words to it. So it has okay. not been a challenge for me to write the link that Harlequin asked for. <laughs> that's interesting. That's, in, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think it would be the opposite for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> right. I have a lot of writer friends that, that write, a lot, a lot of words and then have to cut back, but I'm <laughs> kind of different. I write it and then I go back through it kind of at the beginning and then add more, another layer mm-hmm. and then add another layer. Mm-hmm. So mine kind of grow like that because I'm not a plotter at all. I don't know. Oh, okay. I'll know the big points, you know, mm-hmm. but I do not know each scene it's when I start writing, sometimes I'll even surprise myself with, oh, that's what's happening next. How fun, you know? <laughs> so, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> yes. 
So that's just the way it works for me. I have to get to know the characters, get to know their story, mm-hmm. how they relate to each other. And it just kind of comes out a bit at a time. Uh, one thing we've noticed with following your Instagram is that you appear to be a writer who surrounds yourself with visual inspiration for your stories, uh, photos of your characters. Um, does that help your characters stick with you throughout the writing process? Um, and do you seek out the character inspiration before you dive into the story? Um, it does help, and it depends on the book. With um, A Sheriff's Star, I knew pretty quickly that Chris Hemsworth was my vision of the hero. <laughs> yes. <And> Yay. It <laughs> came from a photo I saw of him on the beach with one of his little girls, kind of holding okay. her up, giving her a kiss on the cheek. And I just knew mm-hmm. that is the hero that I wanted for this little girl, Hannah to have in her life. And I also knew pretty quickly that the mother Tess uh, was kind of based on Jennifer Garner. And, but with the second book with in the Kia family, I started writing and I did not know who my, who my inspiration was. And just along the way, I would see picture on Pinterest or in a movie and it was like, Oh, that's him or that's her. So it just, Mm -hmm. it kind of depends on the book. Okay. So, so do you have like Pinterest boards and stuff like that for each book or do you, do you do anything I, like that? I do. I do have a Pinterest board with my inspiration for each book. It might be scenery, the people, the town. So it just, awesome. it helps me a lot get into it because when I'm writing a scene, I often stop and picture it in my head, like a movie playing so I can okay. see and often I'll fall asleep at night working on one scene in my head, like like I said, playing a movie. And when I see mm-hmm. the way the characters move and what they're doing, then it helps me write it. So I'm very visual in that way. So having a face to picture as I'm doing that helps me. Makes it that much easier. Yes, yes. Is there anything you can share with us about A Child's Christmas Wish? And what do you enjoy about writing holiday romances? Is there anything that you find challenging about writing them? Well, I'm a a huge Christmas fan, one of those that tends to decorate (laughs) early. And so I I love Christmas (laughs) and that whole whole holiday season. Um, What I find challenging is trying to make those traditional scenes fresh and new, like decorating a tree, Mm -hmm. making cookies, because those scenes have been written so many times in so many books it's finding a way Mm -hmm. to make those new each time and uh, a child's christmas wish what can i share um (laughs) well the the heroine in that book is jenny who appears in book one and two so okay her she was the young girl who took care of the hero's grandmother nan in the first book Mm -hmm. And then she's looked after the children in book one and two. Mm-hmm. And in this one, before she goes off to um, fashion design school, she takes one more uh, temporary nanny position. And it happens to be for a new guy, a single guy with his daughter that moves to town. And mm-hmm. so that, that temporary nanny position kind of develops into a, a longer term. <laughs> I think that um, one thing you touched on was like the 
the scenes of just like Christmas activities. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I think that if I see those in a romance novel, I, I love Christmas romances. That's what I'm in it for, you know? And I, I think that unfortunately a lot of times we get set like Mark books are marketed to us as readers of like, Hey, this is, you know, Christmas romance. We know coming September 1st, they're all coming out. They're mm-hmm. going to start rolling out. And a lot of times you don't get that. And that's what I'm in. I want those scenes of decorating <laughs> and I want to smell cookies and I want to go to the the coffee shop and get, a, you know, a hot chocolate. Like it, they, right. yes, they are scenes that have been written thousands of times, but like, I don't know, Sarah, you can tell me because you read them too. Like that's what I'm in it for. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're big Christmas lovers here. Okay. Well, yes, a Christmas wish. <laughs> I mean, A Child's Christmas Wish has all those. Well, it starts with a grumpy a grumpy hero who doesn't like Christmas because of his... Oh, those are the best. Yes, Scrooge. So, <laughs> yes, she calls him Scrooge. She calls him the Grinch. She, but you slowly, <laughs> I love it. You slowly will see his kind of sense of humor coming out. Mm-hmm. And by the time it's... She tells him she's going to turn him into Mr. Christmas. And he's like, no way, no way. But, you know, she, she, she does. And there's, there's hot chocolate. There's tree decorating. Oh. There's a um, gingerbread house making scene that I really love. Mm. Um, so I, I packed a lot of that tradition in <clears throat> because the, well, the heroine writes a really long must do Christmas list tells the hero mm. they're going to do all these things. And he's like, no way, no way. But for, then his daughter <laughs> says, daddy, I want a big Christmas. I want all that. So of course. Oh gosh. I, cannot wait. I love a Christmas list. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> love it. One of, one of my favorite lines that the hero says is he's like, wait, you mean there's subcategories on this Christmas list? <laughs> girl after our own heart i know (laughs) the season cannot come fast enough right Right. so when you're writing them like do you give yourself like do you play christmas music do you have hallmark movies playing in the background do you do anything because you're not writing them at christmas time obviously right um do you Uh, do anything to put yourself in the christmas mood this I do. I definitely play certain music. This one I actually was writing last Christmas. Oh, wow. So I, I recorded lots of Hallmark Christmas movies and I would kind of have them <laughs> playing, you know, on really low volume in the background. And I would mm-hmm. sit with the Christmas tree lights on. So, yes, I did surround myself with Christmas when I was writing this one. <laughs> awesome. Yay. Did you know that this one, I mean, what, well, you said you didn't know that this what this series was going to be a series, you know, you had no plans for it to be multiple books, but right. did you know that you wanted this next one to be a Christmas book? I did not. It's just where they, the months they placed them. Uh, my editor said, mm-hmm. this one, if you would like, can be a Christmas book. And I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> So, don't mind if I do. Right, right. right. <laughs> Shout out to editors. I, I knew I, who I the just... hero, who the heroine would be, but I didn't know what time of year it would be set at. So luckily they, they mentioned that and I jumped on it. 
Oh, that's fantastic. So, I mean, could this is one question that we have is like the the Chris the holiday romances they start coming out like September October like mm-hmm. by the time Christmas comes we've usually read most of what has come out and it's a lot yeah. but like right. is there ever I mean we kind of skip over the fall I guess like mm-hmm. could when it was pitch to you like it could be a Christmas was was it also like if you want to make it like more of a fall themed story you could do that like I just I I don't know I love Christmas romances but then every time Christmas comes and goes I'm like I really didn't pay much attention to the actual fall you know right yeah well the the first one in the series a sheriff star you actually do get to see Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. I did have a few readers say there wasn't enough Christmas. So in this one, it's <laughs> yeah. a lot of Christmas. <laughs> you amped up the Christmas. Okay. I have to right, say right. I was one of those readers. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But I wanted more Christmas. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but yes, but that's this, okay. this month's like, okay, okay, I love Christmas too. Here you go. Let's Let's do Christmas. <laughs> I think because the first book was teased with the cover, like with yes. the Christmas tree and all that. And I was just like, yes. And then you start reading it going, okay, this is great. However. The cover to the first one just makes my heart so happy. Oh, gosh, so doesn't it? Adorable. Oh, it's my so adorable. I think that will probably be my favorite cover ever. The little girl yep. on it is just absolutely adorable, just perfect. Oh, she's just a delight. Absolutely. Oh, I love that one. Um, so, Bree, did you want to jump into the uh, fill in the sentence questions? All right, let's do it. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Okay. When I'm not writing, I am thinking about writing. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> or, or, or reading or watching a story, you know, a movie. So it's it's most of the time, yes, my head is always filled with characters. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Teenage me dreamed of being. Um, I wanted to be a mom mainly. Oh. I, I love, love that. that. I, I didn't even realize at the time I would be a, a writer by any means. Mm-hmm, I yeah. just I wanted to be a mom, and actually, I was an elementary school teacher, and I oh, did wow. that because I thought, well, if, since I want kids, that'll be a great, you know, I'll have summers off with them, holidays, kind of a kid's mm-hmm. schedule, and then when I started teaching, I realized that I'm very, very much an introvert, <laughs> and that was <laughs> a, lot, a lot of stimulation just coming at me all day long. And yeah. I ended up retiring early from that, that job <laughs> and then started writing. So that's awesome. I'm so nervous because I'm actually um, doing my master's for teaching now. And I'm, I'm really nervous. The more that I talk to women who have taught, I just, I'm kind of feeling like maybe it should have been a career that I chose, like I, I pushed for after I graduated high school rather than like joining the military. Um, right. And now that I'm like 30, 34, going on 35, I'm like, I don't know if I have the patience for this anymore or even that drive. Cause I know you're going to come across students that like, don't 
really care. And like, if I have right. that, that uh, drive to like really try to encourage them to care, I feel like if I would have done it 10 or so years ago, I would have a hundred percent been there, but I just, I don't know. I'm so nervous. <laughs> it's it's a hard job, but I think I almost would have done better if I'd started teaching later in life. Okay. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell and depends on what level of children you're teaching and a lot yeah. goes into I really want to teach. I really want to teach history in like middle school. And every time I tell people middle school, the look of like, why would you do that? That I get <laughs> it's just like, is something wrong with me? Like, what is it? About? <laughs> just, <I don't> know. <laughs> yeah, definitely give it a try. Cause you might, it might be a perfect fit and you'll love it. And mm-hmm. Never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. One hill I will wholeheartedly die on is. That romance novels are important and they're actually real books as opposed to what Mm -hmm. some people think. I actually had someone ask me, do you write romance books? Because that's the easy stuff to write. Wow. I was kind of (laughs) speechless when they first said it and it was an older gentleman and I you know, didn't want to be rude, but I just, I said, Mm -hmm. that's the stories that are in my head. So that's what Mm -hmm. I write. Um, But they are not the easiest books to write. I mean, no, there's a lot that goes into having a storyline and then also two different people falling in love and their journey. So it's not an, I don't think easy to write as some people might think. I mean, as a reader of them, I feel like they have to be the hardest books to write. <laughs> mm-hmm. To get that emotion right, to get that, you know, I yes. the emotional ones more so than anything. Right. Especially yeah. from two perspectives. And so, yes, yes. I will always say that romance novels are important and need to be written mm-hmm. and need to be read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I think that books like yours where we have, that inclusion of like special needs children and, you know, the mothers and, and the, the love stories, you're not going to see that necessarily reflected the way that it's reflected anywhere else. Right. And I feel like when people refuse to give romance a try, it's like you're missing out on some really amazing stories that you're yes. not going to see just keeping it real. You're not going to see that anywhere else. You know, if it's in literary fiction, it's probably going to be really depressing. And I mean, no shade (laughs) to anybody that reads it. I mean, there are some wonderful stories, but like, you know, it's, it's going to be sad. And like, you know, the world is crazy enough. Like let's see it reflected in a way that shows joy. Yeah. Let's have a happy ending. Yeah. Let's have a happy ending. Yeah. True romance is going to live with, I mean, have a happily ever after, or at least happy for mm-hmm. now. So I don't mm-hmm. want to end a story on a sad note if I don't have to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One movie I will never stop watching is? Um, a movie that I, I really like is The Proposal with um, Sandra Bullock and um, what can I think of the actor? Ryan Reynolds? Name? Yes, yes. Um, yep. Where it's kind of a, a, a fake engagement story yeah. it's just it's, 
it's got so many points in there that are funny and really it's almost she's <clears throat> a good movie to study if you're writing a romance just oh. to see the, their progression of how their their story develops how their romance develops yeah. so i just oh, anytime i miss on, her as an actress yes like i feel she like i haven't so seen good. her in anything in a, in a while and she's so good that movie i loved her in hope floats hope floats is like one of my oh, all-time favorite one. movies yes. <laughs> i'm like where we need more sandra bullock she's so and Miss good Congeniality is so oh my yes <laughs> She's done so many fun movies. Absolutely. My most comfortable attire is? Um, That would be something that's not clinging to me too tightly. (laughs) 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 I'd say like, you know, kind of loose fitting summer dresses, especially when I'm at home are are my favorite thing. Just easy to move in. Mm Mm-hmm. That kind of yeah. clothing. Well, you spend <laughs> a, during the you spend a lot of time outside. Yes. Um, I've, so, like, you're all you seem to like you go on like a lot of walks and stuff. So, I can see you wanting mm-hmm. to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the if it is just in my own backyard, too, it's just mm-hmm. kind of wandering around my own yard. But um, <laughs> we do have a, a family member's ranch that we go out to sometimes and. That's where I get to do mm. some nature walks and nice and things like that. And after I wrote my first book where the heroine is a photographer, I kind of found myself getting interested in amateur photography. I mean, all I use is my iPhone, but <laughs> I still mm-hmm. enjoy t- taking pictures in nature mm-hmm. and flowers and trees and animals mm-hmm. and things like that. I love your flower photos. Yes. Thank you. Love them. The pretty pinks. And I'm like, I love flowers and I have none over here where I I live. So I just, I love it. (laughs) And a lot of those that I take pictures of are actually teeny tiny little flowers. Some of them are even Mm -hmm. on a weed, but I just get super close to them and just Mm -hmm. kind of search them out. (laughs) (laughs) They just make things so much prettier like I was at um, the grocery store yesterday and I was like you know what Um, I mean here in Texas we have H-E-B and they have amazing flowers to choose from and I was like these are like nine dollars I'm gonna treat myself and like I bought them bought them home got out the vases and I'm like they just make the rooms just so much I don't know Mm -hmm. cozier I guess from that that, that flash of color yeah and it didn't break my wallet, okay? Right. right. <laughs> one of one bouquet was like $3 and some change. And it just made such a big difference. And yep. yeah, I love it. Okay, rapid fire. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> What's the first song on the soundtrack to your life? I think it would be Small Town Saturday Night by Hal Ketchum. Because I grew okay. up in a small town and dreamed of going to a larger town. <laughs> <laughs> I miss small town living though. Sometimes mm. I do. <laughs> oh, and now of course I wish I could go back to a small town. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yes. Yes. You decide you want takeout for dinner. Where are you ordering from and what's your order? I would order Greek food and it would probably be a gyro mm. with French fries. <laughs> 
Yum. That sounds so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's one thing people would be surprised to know about you? Oh, uh, I spent <clears throat> one summer on a cross country motorcycle trip. <laughs> that's amazing. Really? <clears throat> and that, yeah, okay, that where did you start and of... where did you end? I <laughs> uh, started, <clears throat> started in Houston, Texas, and ended mm-hmm. up in Montana. Oh, wow. my gosh. On a that motorcycle? Was, that was right, right after I graduated from college. So that's been a while back now. Wow. But it was a good experience, and I'm glad I, I did that. How that's long did exciting. it take? Um, well, we didn't. We just kind of stopped along the way, different places. Mm-hmm. I guess it was two months. Wow. So I, was, I did not drive the motorcycle. I was a rider, <laughs> a passenger. <laughs> I, I just imagine that being such a beautiful trip mm-hmm. like you would I'd, you'd have to make stops and just oh yeah take it oh, all yes. in. what was your and, favorite and did, part um what was it I I really enjoyed being in Montana just seeing how different it was but something I would not do now is we camped most of the way mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. you know now, now I would not want to camp that long for that many, yeah. and that many yeah. places, but then it was really fun. Or camping um, in near the Grand Tetons, mm. just experience different place, different than Texas. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. as yeah. hot. There was, I remember one time we camped for quite a while, and the only place to to bathe was in the river. You know? oh, so it was, it was a unique experience, but. No kidding. I don't think I'll be repeating it. (laughs) So I'm just saying, I love road trip romances. You know, you have the experience. That's true. That that might be a fun one. (laughs) Okay. If your cat, Floki, whom Sarah and I are just saying... We feel like he deserves an Instagram account of his own. Of his own, yeah, for sure. <laughs> he does. <laughs> if, if he could talk, what's the first demand he would make? Stop whatever you're doing and play with me now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> he has such personality. It's so oh. funny. <laughs> and he's beautiful. Absolutely he's beautiful. Gorgeous. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he adopted us. He just appeared in the backyard about a year ago. There was this, it was during the major lockdown part of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And this kitten appeared in the yard. And my husband went back to the back corner where he was just crying and crying. And he kept telling him, come up to the house because your mom lives here. She's going (laughs) to love you. And so then he just adopted us and became ours. And I think he came at the perfect time because my older cat Oliver was with us for just a few months and of when Floki was a little one and he was here mm-hmm. long enough to teach Floki how to be a cat in the house and um, <laughs> and then yeah and then Floki was there to comfort us after we lost Oliver Aww. yeah so yeah kind of perfect timing but he he Does, found you. If I'm writing on a piece of paper, which often I'll get ideas, there are pieces of paper all over my whole house that I'll scribble <laughs> notes down on. And if yep. I'm writing, he comes and wants to sit 
on the piece of paper that I'm writing on. <laughs> play with the pen that I'm writing with. So he's very mm-hmm. involved. <laughs> he keeps it fun. He wants you to keep it fun. Yes. <laughs> that's that's kind of where the stop everything now and pay attention to me comes in. I'm going to sit on whatever you're doing. Get in the middle of it. Yes. Yep. I don't have cats, but like I love cat photos. So I'm in love with Floki. Sarah has Bernard and Goran and now this new cat named Presley who like even I like warming up to from afar because I'm just so used to her being Bernard and Goran's mom. And they're like these two black cats and like they have their own personality. Like, oh, God, yeah. (laughs) It's just so sweet. It's so interesting with animals with their personalities. Like they really, really do. Oh, they do have their own. Yeah. Goran's my crabby old man because he'll be 15 in August. And Bernard's just crazy. And I say that in the nicest way possible. He's crazy. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Last, I don't know if you know where where we got the name Floki. Yeah, Um, I was going to ask, where did Floki come from? if, If you've ever seen the TV series, The Vikings... There's yes. a character on there that's kind of, I don't know, kind of the wild and crazy guy that's kind of a mischief maker, kind of like yep. Loki <laughs> yep. and with Thor. And at first my husband started calling him Loki and I didn't mm-hmm. quite fit. And so I said, I think he's more of a Floki. <laughs> so, <laughs> because he was kind mischief maker when he first came into the house so that's where he got his name it's so So funny because when I I like am terrible at like watching television series so I like messaged Sarah and I was like hey I'm watching Frasier and she's like oh I almost named Bernard and Gorin after Frasier and his brother Frasier and Niles Okay, what is one romance? Go ahead. I was going to say, you've probably also seen all my pictures of raccoons in my backyard. I was so bad. You want to ask? Okay, this is is my ignorance (laughs) as a Canadian. I live in Toronto, and the raccoon is like the unofficial mascot of the city of Toronto. Is it really? (laughs) Is it? When I saw them on your pictures, I'm like, they're in Texas? They have, they have raccoons in Texas. that's oh, your yes. mascot? <laughs> the official mascot. We call them trash pandas up here. In, oh, in yeah. a loving way. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, yeah. But like, there's, there's pictures of them. They get down onto the subway. And there's been so many news articles of like a raccoon riding the subway through the city. Like, it's just oh, a thing. Goodness. I did not know oh, that. Oh, yeah. Now, I do know people who have eaten, like, they have, they are an animal that people have eaten. I refuse. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm -mm. Um, So is it a family of them that live in your backyard? Is it what? Is it a family of them that live in your backyard? Yes, it was. It was a a mother raccoon who, we also have a backyard cat that kind of... A feral cat that has no interest in coming into the house. So he just kind of lives in the backyard. And the raccoon, the the mother raccoon started coming for his food. And then we realized that there were babies under our deck. And so then the babies, she would 
bring them out once they got big enough and they would look in our back door and all be with their little hands and faces pressed against the glass. They would would see us out on the patio, out on the deck, and they just got so used to seeing us, I guess, since they were little, that they just would hang around. They've all since moved on to, I guess, find their own territory. But um, Yeah, it's so cute. I love the pictures of them, like, (laughs) sitting at the door looking in. (laughs) Right? They they really do. Um, I can't remember why I brought up the raccoons to begin with, but... (laughs) Maybe I'll think of That's it. That's okay. I'm happy to talk about them. Yeah. Well, before we started recording, when we were like waiting to record, I I was laughing about it because I was like looking at the photo of like the, like they were just blatantly like looking in, like we just want to see what's going on on the inside. And I just thought oh, it yes. was so cute. Very Because <laughs> you never see them up close like that, you know? Right. And, and everyone was always saying, don't touch them, don't touch them. I'm like, I'm not going to touch them. They're just <laughs> fun to look at. I'm not going yeah. to bring them to the house. They're not coming inside. Yeah, you, no, you no. have the raccoon. You have a picture of a squirrel <laughs> that like was just hanging out and like standing up. I'm like, McKinley is like the mom of all the forest creatures. <laughs> My husband's nickname for me is Snow White. So for years, he's called me Snow White. Aww. So I actually found a tiny little baby squirrel was on our front porch one day. And I don't even know how it got there because there's a covered deck above. But so I picked up this baby squirrel. I put my hand out and it kind of crawled onto my hand. And we ended up taking it to to the wildlife rescue. But so, yeah, so things like that seem to happen to me. (laughs) <laughs> one of I the stories on family plotting, of rabbits oh yes one of the stories i'm plotting like, that i haven't started writing yet is someone who opens a wildlife rescue oh so, i love it okay so oh that, that be would be so good upcoming story because <laughs> i thought maybe <laughs> I would put that she rescues two little raccoons and i thought maybe they could be loki and floki <laughs> Oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody, you heard it here first. You will know where the names came from, okay? That's right. That's right. (laughs) Okay, lastly, what is one romance novel that you would consider timeless? The first one that comes to mind when you say timeless would be Pride and Prejudice. Definitely. Yep. You think a hundred years from now, people would still be able to pick that up and it would still resonate with them like it does readers now after all this time? Um, I would think so. At least parts of it, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, times mm-hmm. definitely change, but that love and romance part is going to be the same forever. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Yes, thank you. Thank you for Absolutely. letting it's been us a get pleasure. to know you. Yes. Where can everyone follow you online? Um, well, my website is McKennalee.com and I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Not as much on Twitter, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think my favorite, my favorite place is Instagram because I can post pictures. Yeah. And um, on McKennalee.com, you can find links to, to all of my social media. 
Well, all of McKenna Lee's information will be down in the show notes. Definitely check out her social media platforms and keep yes. up with her. And by the time this releases, I mean, we will have a new release from her and we will be patiently waiting on the next release, which will be a Yay. Christmas story. <laughs> yes, that, yeah, that will it's... come out in September, the Christmas story. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> It feels so far, but yet it's so close. It's right around the corner. So, (laughs) well, thank you for joining us. Thank you all for listening. Sarah and I will chat with you in our next episode. 